0: hey what's up guys on this blood sweat and gear coaching q a we cover a bunch of questions that you guys submitted to us for starters we talk about deloading then we go into filling out for a show we discuss dealing with problem skin plus the pros and the cons of accutane we are asked the difference between glute weakness and glutes that aren't firing then we talk dim and calcium deglucurate for over-the-counter estrogen control we discuss maximizing your rebound post-contest plus a bunch more. Guys, listen, uh, Skip has been coaching for the past 20 years. Andrew has been coaching for 13. I'm just behind him. So each of us have literally seen thousands of people transform their physiques. That's not bragging. That's just here to tell you that we have a lot of experience and we're here to share that experience with you freely on this program. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you learn something and uh, we hope that you can be better at this thing we love called bodybuilding. If you haven't subscribed, I highly suggest you join us. We have several programs coming out each week. And we would love to have you along for all of them. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat & Gear. I'm Scott McNally. I'm here with Skip Hill and Andrew Berry, as always. And we are here with our Q&A segment today. Of course, all our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can support us by shopping with them and using our code THINK, high-quality third-party tested supplements by the guy who created DC Training. If you guys enjoy this content, then do us a favor. let me, No, let me put it this way. If you like to turn your plates inward on the bar, then hit the like button
1: and leave Ah, us a comment. How about that? that?
0: And leave us a comment. What's up guys? How you doing? If one plate
2: is in um, and one plate is out on the other side, don't like anything we have, go on to a different podcast. You're not right. Yeah, you're not not one uh, of us. You're
0: off. Well listen guys, we've got a bunch of questions today. Uh, Plus, we have to catch up with Andrew because he competed since we saw him last. So we've got some pictures. We're going to get the scoop from him. Um, I'm going to start our Q&A today, of course. uh, Let's see here. From the live feed, uh, this one is about deloading, which I think it's a topic, man. I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm still trying to figure it out for myself. And it, it changes. There's no perfect answer to when I need to deload. So I can see why we we get a lot of questions about this topic. Uh, Renzo says, hey, guys, uh, my question is, when would be a good time to take a deload after a bulk after a show? Um, And what would be recommended to do with gear and calories during that time? Thanks, gentlemen. First, I want to know what his definition of a deload is. It sounds like well, taking a break, like a long, you know. A... Well, maybe we should give our definition of a deload. I like that maybe, idea. Yeah, you,
1: yeah. I mean, for me, there's there's a couple different ways to do it, but typically it is let's pull your training back to three, maybe four sessions if you're on like a standard five training session a week. Let's pull your your volume, your frequency down, and typically I I don't want you to go to failure. I want you to do like a 70 to 80 percent pump training. Um, I want your workouts to be like an hour long and the duration of that could be seven days could be 10 days could be two weeks Um, and I don't have like there's no planned like meso cycle of like okay you've been bulking for 10 weeks and then we do a two-week deload it's all based off the client feedback so like for me it's always like okay do you feel like going to the gym you know because that's a big thing and not just like you know oh you know i was up late last night we're talking like are you starting to like get to that point where you know a couple of days or in a week you're like man i kind of just want to stay home today it's like okay then stay home like i, I think that's the best thing you can do with your time because i would rather have someone 100 percent pushing for tra- uh, pushing training yeah. versus going in five days a week and doing 70 80 percent haphazardly lackluster for you know for for, for what they consider that, and on top of that throwing gear on it too it's like you're just wasting a lot of variables there so i think um you know, Pull, pulling the training back to like three days a week, um, pulling your cardio out almost uh, completely. If we have you doing it, maybe just doing three walking sessions outside. Um, we might change the diet up a little bit. We might not. It, it all, you know, person dependent. But again, I just don't think that you need to have a scheduled deload on your calendar for any reason. It, it's got to be based off the client feedback, how their body's performing, and mentally how they how they report how they're feeling.
2: Well, it makes it tough to follow Andrew on that one. Actually, it makes it easy if I'm being honest, because he covered so much right there. And, and I can't disagree with anything he said. I would piggyback off of that. And I would say this basically a deload, the primary focus of a deload, the reason you're doing it is to increase recovery and, or kind of catch up from a recovery standpoint. So backing off on um, you know, either the intensity, not going to failure uh, volume, frequency, uh, pulling cardio. I, I completely agree with all of that. The timing, you know, after a bulk, I think about it after a bulk, I'm thinking, well, I guess after a bulk, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're, um, you know, just burying yourself during a bulk, then I guess backing off, you know, briefly to make sure that your recovery is good before the next phase is great. Uh, the motivation thing you said about training, I, I agree a hundred percent. I'm not that type. I've never been this type of person where, you know what? You just need to suck it up and go in. And I'll add one more reason that you don't do that to what Andrew said. And I got a feeling he would agree because he's rattle off so many things and he was right that he may have even just went, oh, shit, yeah, I missed that. But it's also a vulnerability of of injury sure. because if you're in there banging and your mind is not 100 percent, you're not only are you at a higher risk of injury, but when you do injure yourself, who are you going to be pissed at? You already went in and you were having a half-ass workout because your ass didn't want to be there. And then you got to beat yourself up for even going in to begin with and then ending up with maybe not a major injury but a tweak or something that's going to nag you for the next two months that you're going to have to train around. It's just not worth it if you go in when you're 100%. I completely agree with that. Um, There was was one more. Oh, proactive versus reactive. I, I agree again with Andrew. You. Scheduling a deload is tough, and I, and I will get clients, and I don't knock them for this because I've done it myself. Well, in four weeks I'm going on vacation. I would like that to be a deload. There's nothing wrong with that because you're trying to be efficient and, and you know relatively planful. But if your body's screaming for a deload at two weeks out, you and you're pushing it, that's just not smart, not logical, not sensical. You have to take the deload if your body, if you're Body is demanding it, then you have to concede and you have to take it because you're just you 're asking for trouble and how productive is your training going to be if you truly need that deload so i'm reactive i don 't plan i 'm not proactive when it comes to I, honestly when it comes to to a lot of things. If you start a gear cycle, if I do or a client does, I'm not going to say, well, oh, it's time to change your diet right now. I want to get in and watch blood levels build and see what happens with your hunger, see what happens with your strength. Is there going to be a bit of a recap or Are you're going to slowly get leaner instead of just, well, you just started. we got to throw calories at this. Yeah. Uh, I'm more of a reactive type person, and I think sometimes it can make a client anxious yeah. because they want that change and they want everything. Yeah, I know I'm going to get a big this complex, elaborate plan. Wait a minute. This is all he wants me to do this week. What the fuck? What the what okay. am I paying this motherfucker for? This is what I was already I doing paid.
0: off gear. You know, yeah, why? I could have called this. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
2: Writing him this check for this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, do you oh, accept checks? Uh, I would. Yeah, I would. Clear before I put a plan together, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't. I can't remember the last time I had a client pay me check. I'll accept Bitcoin, though. I'll accept crypto.
0: I'm that's not, the way I mean, skip started back I'm in skips sure. day there was only okay. check in the mail
2: yeah no actually back in the day it was um uh western, western
1: union or, thank uh, you yeah. Wire
2: transfer, yeah so you had to look like yeah. a drug dealer going to get yeah. uh it was, it was well, kind of funny take, I
1: had... you killed two birds with one stone you, you know because <laughs> back then you all had to send uh western union to some guy overseas to get your stuff and then you could send a you know, a check at the same time so he saved the I'll tell you
2: And, and sending and receiving, I just had to send money to the guy for my hats and my beanies in Pakistan. That one was delayed for a while. You go sending money and and look, this isn't me. This is just the reality. You send money to someone named Muhammad, excuse me, Muhammad in Pakistan. It's not going to clear right away. They're going to ask yeah. you a few questions about what you're sending the money for and, and that sort of thing. That's oh, I the bet. Way, how the times have changed a little bit, so i got to sit up here in my back. I just did here, that sorry.
1: yesterday with uh, a new order of shaker cups for my stuff uh, mm-hmm. to a company in China, and same thing. Like you know, They put a hold on it, and then your bank sends <laughs> yeah. you an email, verify this, and you know mm-hmm. this, tra- this person in the trans? Yeah, all that. Yep. Just to be
0: sure. Is that your shirt, Andrew? Is that like your company shirt?
1: No, actually, is this it? is um, – this is Pride Foods, um, Pride the Fruit. cream of rice. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Coach with yeah. Pride. That's nice. Yeah. You know, it's funny, though. When we were in Florida last year, we were staying in an area that has like a high population of like, like a gay community, and we'd go for walks every morning. And Rachel, she's got long legs. She walks so much faster than I do, so I'd be walking kind of behind her by myself. All these gay dudes would see me walking in a shirt, <laughs> and they'd be like, <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, what's up? I think, Where I think were you in like, Florida? We were
2: in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, Welton Manor. You were up near Welton Manor then. Yep. Yeah. All right. We're we a... tight moves. No, be quiet, Scott. We're talking over here. No.
1: <laughs> we had one. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, so I kind of was tying oh, this in. By the way, it's, it's Sean Vasquez's company, by the way.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bright Foods. Uh,
1: 2016, was it heavyweight or super heavyweight class? Any overall, actually, at Nationals. Yeah. So, um, little reference. I was
0: trying to tie this together because I feel like so yeah I I spoke with somebody yesterday he just came off or he's he's finishing a contest prep and his thought was he said like my coach wants me to come off the gear and you know go into a health phase but I was thinking this would be the best time to ramp the gear up and push hard because I can get my my rebound you know and uh let me see what he has to say here exactly this is uh this is not him i'm the, there's a lot of question here uh very very sexy picture travis he's got the the whole ab thing going on here it's a very sultry photo.
2: he gets into very good condition
0: yeah he does doesn't he yeah he does okay he's come a long way actually so a uh, question for everyone filling out oh for a show does everyone think that you miss out on that glycogen supercompensation effect if you gradually add carbs back in at a steady amount for a week. So I was wrong. This wasn't post-show. I was setting up for the wrong question, I guess. Uh, I didn't read it because there was a lot to read, Uh, I guessed, flat out. I'll admit it, Um, but we'll take it anyway. Gradually add carbs back in steadily uh, amount for a week or so leading up to the show to fill out versus... Adding a skip style fill and spill aggressive load a few days out or a rapid backload uh, fill out.
2: What's that last part? Glycogen? I missed it. Uh, he I was, was just, just sharing. That last... okay.
1: he's, he's saying, does glycogen synthetase go down as you gradually uh, ramp your carbohydrates up versus being in a depleted state and then bolus yourself with a, a heavy carbohydrate load? um and would you get more activity out of glycogen synthase in that um in that method basically
2: let me just say that Sorry. i and, and i don't think everybody knows this i think some people would be surprised by this but i don't 100 percent skip load everybody going into shows oh. Shocker! what oh. i know the things, the things, the secrets that I'm letting out now, yeah, it's it's blasphemous, isn't it? If you think about it, he skipped, he skipped, but he's not skip loading everybody. Oh my god! After Boy, clients I, are getting
0: jipped, they're getting. Yeah, I know, Do I get a exactly. discount? Do I get a discount yeah. if you don't skip? Well, at least me? a few
2: of them are going. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't have me skip load. That's some bullshit. There are situations where, and and this is the thing, it it comes down to. Um, and Travis knows because he preps people and he's, he's actually getting very good at, at um, prepping people uh, and obviously he preps himself very well based on his condition and everything, how far he's come. But you're, you're not always going to have the same approach. You may stick with the same principles and things like that. I mean, as an example, it, I would say probably the majority of time there's going to be some I am going to skip load someone for a show to peak because and it's primarily because i know how they respond because mm. we've been doing it consistently for so long now if i get somebody where for whatever reason and there's a myriad of reasons but we're not loading that much and i already know how well they respond to you know clean carbs or ramping up carbs or or things like that then then that's what i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna stick with so is one better than the other? You know, you could ask 100 people and they're going to give you different answers. It it It's just so, and I hate to say this because I know that people don't like to hear this as the response, but it is so individual that I don't know that there's one that's better than the other. You just know as a trainer what someone is going to respond to. Or you have a better idea of what someone's going to respond to based on what you've been using with them and how they've responded either throughout their prep phase and or even in the past if you've prepped them before and i do add this little side note just because you responded one way for one prep does not mean you're going to respond the exact same way for the next prep it will likely happen if you're only you know a few weeks out from another show and you just got done with a show or even a month you know 6 weeks in there but if you're just coming back to another prep, you may not respond. I know myself I and you guys probably the same way some preps Gary said this earlier or he said this on the last episode <laughs> nice nice catch there um, anyway you know you're going to respond different sometimes your preps go really really smooth and they're just a cakewalk and you're just like, oh my God, and then you you know tear a glute, and you're fucked in five weeks, but I don't want to get into my shit. And then other times you have to really force it and press it. They're just not always going to be the same. So is there, I want to go back to the, his specific question of is one better for super compensation? I don't think, and you guys tell me what you think here. I don't ever look at carving for a show as super compensation. I look at it as getting as full as you can, but there's not super compensation. You're not going, you're not really trying to. Feel based on my definition of supercompensation, is loading more carbs than the body would otherwise want to hold. Hmm. You want to be full. And and again, Gary, when we interviewed him, touched on this too. You want them to be full, but as prep guys, sometimes we're careful and we err on the side of condition versus fullness. So it and different prep guys have different approaches to that. And it also comes down to that particular client. Do they look better fuller, but maybe slightly less dry? Or do they look better, harder, and drier than pushing for fullness? So there's just so many variables. I'll I'll quit there because I could just go on and on. But are you guys with me? Or what can you add to this? Can you disagree?
1: Fight Uh, me. 100% I agree. Because, uh, I mean, I'm probably guilty of being a little more on the conservative end. Like I would rather have someone be five or 10% flat, but separated and dry, so you see the detail, sure. versus 10% fuller, and losing some of that separation and those little individual details. Just because we see it on stage all the time, that I'm not gonna say conditioning just win shows, but it gets you to the judges to look at you and say, man, this guy did his homework, you know? I and feel like you have to be
0: game. really good to spill and still win. Exactly.
1: Like you have to be an exceptionally gifted, genetic physique there to still. Yeah. I agree. So, so, so you know, like some pro bodybuilders that are exceptionally gifted, genetic freaks. You know, they can look, you know, better, or at least they can pull off. I'll give you an example. Um, Ashkenani at the New York Pro in 2019. He won. The, he won the New York Pro. It was it 19 or 18? I might have the date wrong. He wasn't close to the most in shape guy in the show uh, on stage that day. Like he let you look like he was three weeks out, but he was full enough and he's wacky enough that his pecs, his shoulders, his arms, everything just gave him that edge over. Um, I can't even remember who the second place guy. Oh, Sean, I think it was that year. Korea, I think. Um, I would have gone the conditioning route myself. I thought, you know, it should have gone the other way, but. But to your point, Scott, what you're saying is that, you know, the, for some people, that fullness factor is enough to put them over the edge and, and get them the W.
2: And sometimes that's based on what they, you know, I always said before that I thought Brandon Curry, I don't think he qualifies ever, at least well, maybe not ever, but at least when he won the O, that he doesn't qualify as shredded. But yeah. that fullness and that shape and the total package, there was no denying He just didn't need to be, he, that type of his physique needs to be full and he's still tight, but he needs to be full and have all that roundness and that it adds to his shape and it adds to the overall look that then there's no denying that, that what happens if he comes in drier, does he lose fullness and then he doesn't win or he's not as impressive. And I only use that as an example because some of the listeners may not even know who you're talking about. I was trying to give them something a little bit
1: more uh, well, well, actually, to, obvious, your point, but... But it, to your point, looking at it the other way, um, looking at uh, what's his name that won the Olympia last year, um, Big Rami, he came in peeled and diced compared to some of his previous showings where he was lit, uh, bigger and fuller. And this was the look that gave him the nod. You know, some people can say, oh, it's a week or year or, you know, it didn't have a top fill in the show. It didn't have Sean uh, Roden. It didn't have et cetera. But he brought the physique he needed and made and the tightness and dryness and a conditioning factor where – Previous years, he'd always come in big and full, and he was relegated to third or fourth place. Mm-hmm. And Nate actually just corrected me. It was uh, Korea who got second place at the New York Pro, and Korea was peeled out of his mind. Yeah, and I that, that's that what would have gone with for the, cool. for, the, for the W at that show. At the I York always like that yeah. argument
2: about if someone, someone, someone didn't show up or whatever. You know what? Ronnie doesn't show up anymore, thank God, because nobody would fucking win. I mean, you know, and I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody else, but it's always hard, and I always find that argument kind of weak as far as who shows up and who doesn't. You know, the winner on that day is the winner on that day, and it is what it is. Walk away, put it together, and come back and try to win again.
0: (laughs) We did have a – so anyway, I didn't even realize this existed, but we did have a a question – about maximizing the rebound. So that whole spiel I said like ten minutes ago. Just insert that right here, and I'll drop this one in. So favorite protocol to maximize rebound: gear protocol, cheats, aggressive reverse, etc. Agree
1: about coming off of a show. So, I mean, I think that's I think what so. he's saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The problem is, is like I don't think any of us have a protocol it's True. you know you know what i mean it's like it's so individual yeah. like if if i know someone barely got in shape by the skin of their teeth and that you know their metabolism is like shot like no we're not going to be aggressive with food we're going to have to slowly reverse out of it as slow as it took to get them in shape right yeah. Yeah. i mean versus yeah. someone who, who was in shape four weeks or <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pay you
2: gotta pay that bill okay you still have well, your like, internet ask, you
1: paid that one <laughs> half my lights are on and like half of them are off. Andrew but lost his power. guys. I'll fix it in a minute. Yeah. But anyway, actually, you, you take this one, Skip. I got to fix this. <laughs> <laughs> Fair
2: enough. Uh, and again, I'm piggybacking off on Andrew because he's right. There isn't a necessarily a protocol. And I liked what Gary said in the interview uh, that we did with him as well coming out uh, when, he, at, when we talked about gear gear protocols. I do think, and again, this is just, everybody has a different method. Everybody has a different ideology. Excuse me. Um, I don't think that there, you need a lot of gear. And I understand that people want to grow in that window and, you know, coming off of a show and take advantage of insulin sensitivity and things like that. But I don't think you need it. I don't think that it's, I'm not saying come off completely. You could bridge, you could TRT, you could, as long as you're still in an anabolic environment hormonally, when you increase, and, and I've said this for a long time, and Dante has said this for a long time, a lot of people have said this for a long time, but people don't want to buy into it sometimes, how anabolic food really is. Hmm, yeah. And when you increase calories after you have been in such a deficit for so long. And you're so until insulin you, sensitive. Yeah, exactly. And you until people give it the credit that it deserves, they're not going, they're missing an, a crucial element of taking advantage of that window coming. It doesn't even have to be a show. It could be coming out of just a deficit of the, of a relatively aggressive cut phase to where you've gotten lean. And, you know, maybe you were, you know, 15, 18, I say 15% because 15 usually means 18 and 12 usually means 15 because people don't under, a lot of people don't understand what a true body fat level really is. If you're at 10 or 12%, you're in pretty damn good condition. Yeah, And a lot of people will say that they're in 12%. And it's like, oh, you're not even close to 12%. It's sad that you think you're 12% right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think we can't give them like an actual, like, here's the protocol. But here would be my map would be we, I would want the gear to come down. I would want recovery Mm -hmm. to happen. I would assume that we were probably pushing into the show. I would assume that you're probably going to need a little bit of recovery. You know, I, I think that when your connective tissues are all dried out, That doesn't that doesn't like I've talked to my massage therapist about this and uh, she's she's a pretty bright lady. She she works with she actually just did the world's strongest man. She just uh, got to be like backstage with them the whole time. She's always at the Arnold. So she works with a lot of strongman competitors. But when she started working with bodybuilders, she said, oh, my God, your tissues are so dry. You guys are so dehydrated constantly. And that post show. She can feel it. Like those connective tissues are still dried out. She said it feels like it doesn't return to normal for weeks or months. So to think that you're just going to rehydrate the muscle, you know, you might not be able to get that connective tissue the same. So, you know, why would we want to start a pushing your organs harder with gear right after the show, after you've been pushing hard and now putting more weight on that, you know, Mm -hmm. where my thought, my map for it would be. That we want to get you eating more food at at whatever rate you can, you know, filling back out, riding that insulin sensitivity up and then taking that break from the gear so that we can get ready to push, get you to a position where you're not fat when you're ready to start the gear again, because I think the mistake people make is to get too gung ho post contest. And then they lose their condition in that first, you know, four, six weeks when you, sure. can, you can keep trying to. I mean, not everybody, but, you know, in an ideal world, you can keep riding that for a long time and then ride it right into the next cycle and, you know, continue to push up. That'd be that'd be my thought. Andrew, you've you you you've changed environments. What happened, man?
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I apologize, guys. I don't know. I think the wall socket like. Just, oh, sure. I don't know. I got to check the. I'm not going to check the fuses right now during the show. I got to check them afterwards. But yeah, I, I tried plugging a few different things in, and it's not working. So I had to go to the bedroom where I have horrible lighting. So
0: thank God your but, internet uh, is still connected.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like not like half. Like it's just that wall. I don't know if I like overloaded it or something or what. But um, so that's a flashlight, and, basically,
2: right? You're holding a flashlight in one hand <laughs> out of off screen. Yeah. Yeah, basically, do what you gotta do <laughs> we gotta
0: get uh nate on here in the next uh if, if nate would join us i was gonna ask you off air by the way andrew if if you would ask nate nate's watching right now he had some feedback too he said not only uh that the same person won't have the same rebound not only that the same person won't have the same rebound year after year i feel like guys that have crazy rebounds uh, everything just clicks and it's sort of a one-time deal. What do you guys think about that?
1: Yeah, I'm I reminded disagree. of, uh, I'm reminded of, uh, my buddy, Justin Randall after he turned pro at the, uh, 2016 nationals. I don't know if anyone followed his rebound. There's pictures of on his Instagram. I think I even posted on my Instagram, but, um, I mean, he kind of just went back in the lab and he showed back up like four months later at like 195 and still in really good condition. Now, keep in mind, he was 156, you know, made weight for the lightweight class. And he basically moved himself up, if he was still an amateur, at least one weight class or maybe even two um, before he stepped on a pro stage. And this was a lot of this was done in like the first four to six months. He really transmogrified himself and um just had a whole new level of thickness roundness and uh he hasn't shared all the details of what he did you know we've, we've picked her, his brain a little bit about it but he just kind of went back to work in the lab and you know did the bodybuilder things and and just focused on improving and um and it absolutely worked for him oh yeah john joda is a good one too what
2: well, goes back to what we were talking about deload a couple uh questions ago too, you know, if you come off of a show like that and you're in a rebound a lot of people just want to come in, they want to bang right away. And I still think that yeah. even if you want to rebound and everything else and it's counter it seems counterintuitive, but you need to de you still need to deload. You have to if you're gonna come in and all of a sudden start just training balls out after a show, if you weren't already training balls out, I mean that's a good. Point. That's just not how you're gonna. And, and I understand yeah. that people want to do that to take in more calories and start feeling better, but you got to make sure. That I I would say almost 100. You you just have to you have to deload for a couple of weeks at least to just get your body to the point where you're comfortable enough to know now I can put my you know put the foot my foot down or put the pedal to the floor. But you can't just do that coming off of off of a show. I I just think it's a, a really bad idea. Yeah.
1: Most question. of my injuries have come within, like, three weeks before a show or the three weeks after a show. Mm-hmm. Like, to your point, like, when you're when you're volumizing with food, fluid, you know, maybe you didn't pull all your compounds out, so you're, like, as strong as you've been all year. The problem is is your muscle tissue volumizes very quickly and gets stronger, but your joints are, like, a month or so behind. Exactly. And, you know, that three or 400-pound bench press that you couldn't do two weeks ago, well, now all of a sudden you can do it with ease, except your tendons and your, and your ligaments are, like, uh-uh. And that's that's when I've had issues with, you know, I tore partially a bicep, um, I've had a hip go, a, a bursi sac, um, I've t- you know, little pec tweaks where, you know, you almost tear it, but it, it, it you know, it changes the, the way it looks a little bit, but it, it doesn't completely deform it. I've had three of those and those have all been within that window three weeks post show or three weeks pre show. So mm-hmm. that's that's when you really gotta be like honed in mentally with your training and make sure you're not doing things stupidly.
2: I didn't know you had a burst and stack issue with your hip. That wasn't
1: fun, I'm sure I tore, I tore it off. Oh it geez. just tore right off. I did not know yeah. that. So actually if you want the story, so me and Nate were training legs and I was like seven or eight weeks out from eastern USA's which is a big show here on the east coast and uh we were on the leg press just warming up and like i like and i had been having like some weird inflammation in my hip and but it never was like an acute pain it was just kind of always there and on am like one of my reps just warming up it just like popped and like the weight mm-hmm. came down I'm like pull it pull it pull it and um and I knew it, it just was throbbing and spasm. Um, being an idiot lock up? what's that oh, Spasm Oh, up.
2: Up. Well, it's the worst pain yeah, fuck my yes. life
1: yeah, yeah. Well, well, of course, being an idiot who's I'm seven weeks out and I'm hardcore. It's like okay, let's try squats now too. Oh god! And I think I got like <laughs> one plate halfway down on the first rep, and I'm like, nope, like that, I can't do that. So that whole prep, I was relegated for the rest to like leg extensions, leg curls, adductors, and like some very light hack squats with my feet in very particular positioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, and then you know I was doing a you know an hour and a half cardio a day, so just that grinding every day. It was mm-hmm. it it. And it, it, my right leg shrunk because of it, because of the stimulation, yeah. lack of stimulation. Hmm.
0: Yeah. We had one about um, Accutane, and I just looked this up really quick. He says, uh, Accutane has crushed my GH, effectively put it at zero. Is this common? Um, I looked at uh, a study um, saying that it influences pituitary hormone levels in acne patients um it actually says where was this that not only will it affect growth hormone it also will affect thyroid it also will affect lh and uh what did you what do we see here so we saw lower oh here it is. lower luteinizing hormone prolactin total test uh as well as uh cortisol uh but it I, so yeah it, as well as growth hormone which then g8 or excuse me igf in that case so yep. yeah man that stuff's i mean talk about we we're talking about dry joints dude you know it says right on the insert too to be careful with exercise because you can get injuries while on accutane i think that a lot of bodybuilders yeah. who are getting it through research companies don't get that warning you know what i mean
1: yeah
2: yeah. a horrible shit I think it's hard, but it works. Shit, no matter what. But it works. It does. It does work. It does work. And there are people who just flat out. Some people just absolutely need it. But I am going to go on record as saying that some people use it and they don't need it. And there are mm. other things that they can do. I think a lot of people just jump straight to it because they know that it will work, and they're kind of willing to deal with the sides. And I just really doubt that people fully understand the ramifications or the consequences of. The myriad of side effects and shit that that compound could cause—it well, just wreaks havoc on your insides.
1: Yeah. To piggyback onto your point, um, because I think you're talking big time about the people that get it off research sites and self self uh, prescribe it. Um, I find that I feel like doctors over prescribe it and over prescribe dosing on it as yeah. well. Like it's yeah. like someone mentions acne and the doctor's just like, "Here, have Accutane." And it's like, why don't we?
2: than it was, but I still think it's bad. I just, I, I remember, cause I'm older. I remember 20, yeah. 25 years ago. I just, you just went into any, you know, as a kid, I don't even want to say kid, yeah. maybe it was longer than that, but like the late eighties, early nineties, you went in with that game And they were just given, they were giving out prescriptions. Like they give out opioid prescriptions now for <laughs> pain. Just terrible. Yeah. I completely agree. It's horrible.
1: Yeah. I actually, you know, Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I actually try to convince a lot of my clients. I'm like, all right, take the dosing the doctor's giving you. If it, if it's like the max dose, I'm like, let's cut it in half. Like, let's see too. if we get results with half of that. Yeah, and I mean, like, I'm like, look, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just telling you what I would do in your situation. Cause this is a prescribed medication that a doctor's written for you, but I'm telling you what I would do. Like, I, I feel like this is extremely toxic to your body, especially for the reasons that we just went over Scott with the uh, pituitary hormones, but the liver um, the joints, everything. Um, I, and I just say, hey, let, let's cut in half and see how we do, you know. But also, let's try to figure out maybe the reasoning behind this acne. Like, is there is there something else we can do? If you're using compounds, if you're using this or that, like maybe we need to change a compound out, or you know, maybe we're we're missing out on our micronutrients, or maybe you just need to have better hygiene, you know. In some cases,
2: <laughs> I was gonna go uh, there too. But maybe you need to yeah, wash that. You know, Maybe just wash yeah, it
1: really good. Once or twice a week, you know?
0: <laughs> I had uh, really bad acne as a teenager. Not Well, not terrible, but I got I got shoulder acne, okay, back knee. And when I started running gear, I broke out terribly. Not the first cycle, not the second cycle, but the third you no, know, Maybe it was the fourth cycle. It, I, I'd get it a little bit, but then I got this wise idea where I ran test and DECA, and it shut me down so hard and it was really difficult to recover from. So I said, you know what, screw DECA. Instead of just running DECA, instead of, instead of running two compounds at, you know, 900 milligrams, 1,000 milligrams, why don't I just run all tests at that same dose? And guess what? My back exploded. It was terrible acne, and I got research. I, I actually ran research Accutane, and I had ran it twice. And the way I did it was uh, guys on the boards were saying they were experimenting with much lower doses, Andrew. Like, you know, it, I, I've seen people getting prescribed 80 milligrams a day, and I went to 40 milligrams a day. Was very good. Like, I went to 60 mm-hmm. for a short time, and after I started really getting dried back, dried out, then I went down to 40. And then I started going, like, every other day with it. And I had a lot of success, and I was able to cure it. I think the 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 thing with Accutane is, you need to really like nuke the. You need to basically nuke your system with it in order for it, like you can't just get it a. You're not going to just like get it a little bit. You need to really nuke it. And honestly, I can tell you that my oil production has never been the same since then. Weird <laughs> weird side story. Whether you guys wanted to know it or not, my earwax from that point forward has never been the same. It's like i get dry earwax now it's like not like that Hmm. regular gross earwax that you get so it's 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 weird man it changed me but i only ran like i said 60 for a really short period of time and the majority of the time was 40 for you know a few months um not that i suggest doing that guys don't do that (laughs) we had a glute question here same with uh page said the same
2: thing about birth control
1: yeah, she's right about that. that. That that really bugs me that um because, you know, women aren't being educated about what birth control, whether it's, you know, IUDs or whether it's oral or even like the copper IUD and how how it causes estrogen dominance and how it's going to affect everything from your thyroid, your adrenals, digestion, sleep, uh, your ability to put on muscle, your ability to lose fat and get into condition. Um doctors don't have that kind of, maybe they don't have the knowledge or they don't care to go into that kind of talk with, with women on, on what to expect. But, um, cause I, I find I spend a lot of my time working with women and trying to get them off birth control, um, Mm. you know, to the, to the betterment of not just their bodybuilding, but their health as well. Um,
2: yeah, I don't know why people
1: don't just use,
2: and this isn't a shot at page at all. This isn't directly, you know, pointed to her, but you know, my wife and I used the pullout method very successfully for 30 years. I mean, we only ended up with four kids. So, I mean, I don't know why more people aren't using that method. It has been very successful for us, and I'm sure it has for others.
0: Like, statistically, you guys did really good, I think. Actually. Yeah, exactly. I mean. <laughs> hey, Nate throws in, what about gear quality and that's a, that effect on acne? I'll tell you what. I found my breakout was specifically with omnidrons. I'd run other Sustan on. Yeah, specifically. Specifically with Omnidron.
1: And I don't especially. know why. What'd you <laughs> say? How'd you say especially? that?
0: Especially. I think
1: you're saying specifically and especially in one word. <laughs> you're combining. Was I? I did that? You said like specifically. Oh, oh right? I didn't you know even catch that. that. Did I say that, that?
0: you heard? That's because what I, mean, I you repeated just
1: it
2: all right the quality of gear is a um that's a tough one because here's the reality i mean you got to do a lot of gear to know the difference between what what good gear is and what good gear isn't and a lot of people will do a lot of gear and they'll never get farm grade gear so they don't know the difference anyway truth Mm -hmm. is we don't know we don't know half of what's in the fucking gear we don't know the metals i don't even want to have a test because i would if i were under like some weird lighting i would probably look <laughs> like i had injected uranium for the last 30 years i would probably glow in three different colors i don't even want to know but it can't be good I'd let you. i would almost guess and and this is just a, my best guess but i have to wonder after doing all the gear that i have done if any health ramifications or health consequences would be more from what was actually in it versus the actual compounds <laughs> sure. that I have ingested. I mean, and I laugh. I don't mean it. Ha ha, funny. It's laugh or cry. Uh, you know, an yeah. attempt at levity for a serious topic. But there has to be just you know Dude, a bunch of shit in there.
0: You remember uh, uh, the the film under construction that uh, Dave Crossland, who does drugs and stuff with me, he did these yeah. two films under construction one and two. He was running literally like a boatload of gear. Uh, He went and got heavy metal testing done and he was high in three things. One of them is what he calls aluminium. That's how he pronounces it. Uh, Aluminum. Aluminum, I "I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah. And a couple other heavy metals, but it was. Yeah. Yeah. They were like at toxic levels.
1: Here's the thing, though. Like if any of us tested for aluminum right now, whether you take steroids or not, you're going to have high aluminum levels. I think so. For instance, I'll I'll, I'll give you an example. My buddy um, had his like eight-month-year-old kid uh, tested for metals and whatnot. He's a little paranoid, so his kid's completely healthy, thriving, like like as good as can be. But he's a little bit of a hypochondriac, so he tested his his hair follicles and all this stuff, and he sent me these results like he's freaking out and scared. But and on his baby, aluminum was super super high.
0: I wonder what did so I
1: did a little. Oh, you know. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah well so uh, to aluminum toss. is actually pretty it, yeah, I did a lot of research on it. So because he's again paranoid, but uh aluminum is fairly uh high and and transferred at a high rate from women's breast milk and our general diets have a decent amount of aluminum in them. Whether you're eating vegetables or pro you know, chicken, whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: Every diet, vegan, um omnivore, carnivore, like there, there there's high aluminum in the foods we eat today um, as well as some of the other trace heavy metals. So I, I don't know if, I, I mean, maybe the gear had something to do with it, but I would say that any one of us or any one of our listeners, whether they take AAS or not, um, they're probably going to have higher, um, levels of aluminum than what the standard reference would want you to be.
2: Well, isn't I would that imagine. anti-perspirants as well, no. high in aluminum. And so maybe yep. he was feeding his kid in a perspirant And that was a bad idea that that really wasn't as healthy as he thought. Now I'm just being a dick. Just forget. Forget what I'm saying.
0: It's like a dad joke. Just edit that out. Yeah, man. True Nutrition has supported our programming now for a number of years. And I'm super grateful for it because they believe in us and I believe in them. I'm sure you guys have heard of Dante Trudell. We talk about him on the shows. Uh, He had a vision of offering high quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price they have a ton of different protein powders just about every type you could think of literally thousands of flavor combinations hit me up if you're interested in suggestions they offer health supplements i use their collagen and their fish oil and of course they offer performance supplements you can get bulk eaa powder or beta alanine You can also get finished products like the Mountain Dog Perry MD Intro Workout. If you shop with True Nutrition and you use our code THINK, you'll get some additional savings, you'll get high-quality supplements, and you will support our programming. You can also help to support the shows through Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's made a contribution. You guys are helping to keep me pumping these podcasts out. I have links to everything in the description. Check them out. Let me know what you think, and let's get back to the program. (laughs) all right i'm gonna press forward guys uh we let's see difference between glute weakness and uh glutes that aren't actually activating and how to fix that how to fix either define activate though we have to start with that too
2: i think okay and or i can give you my where i think it's can you know, where people get confused about it. I see an activation issue and I there's basically, I look at it two different ways. The first way is I think the most common and that is you will have muscles sometimes that won't activate um, like from left to right. As an example, you'll have, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just reaching here like a lat or a, or a teres or something that just doesn't, something in your hip, you know, it may be um, you know, piriformis, something along that line, that creates an imbalance and a potential, and imbalances, of course, a potential weakness. So then it could be into glutes, like you, you don't activate, you know, a glute. Now, in this particular situation, it sounds like, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of sounds like she's saying that during leg exercises, the glutes aren't activated; or they're not being used as much. I would tend to here. I'll give you guys an example. You know, I used to have. Um, Uh, Jake, Dr. Jake, the training partner, chiropractor, remember him? He would, when I was doing bent over rows. he would poke my glutes. And (laughs) that was a reminder to me that he was saying that my glutes weren't, I wasn't using and contracting my glutes to help stabilize my lower back. And because my lower back has... So it's such a vulnerability for me that when you contract your glutes and you do keep them contracted, then that takes away a lot of the, takes away some of the work from the lower back to have to stabilize the upper body. It just helps. So that is kind of the other activation thing. And what he would tell me, and I use this with my clients a lot, uh, not only with bent over rows, but other things is he told me to pretend, I got to get over here, pretend that you're holding a pencil long ways <laughs> between your glutes and you can't drop the pencil
0: yeah. you,
2: you want to squeeze like you're holding a pencil and you cannot drop it during the set and i always thought that was a really good way to explain because it's such a visual that you can you're like oh my god oh okay i get that that just makes it so clear so i don't know which you know do you guys feel that did i explain it well or is that
1: no yeah And I think that tip you gave is an excellent one because you can actually do it. Like, you could bring Mm -hmm. a pencil with you, or something, or a quarter. You know, I think my gym teacher was really good about teaching us stuff like that about protecting your back. And he was like, you should be able to. Did he do the pencil thing with you?
0: Did he do the pencil thing with you? Because
1: if he He, did, he, he did the. We, we can talk about ther-
2: like yeah, there, we can have therapy, you know, we can give you a therapy <laughs> session here live on, you know, and, in guys, fairness, I, was, I have to say that's I was not funny.
1: It's not funny.
2: I shouldn't say I shouldn't make light of that, but nonetheless, it was still, I shouldn't,
1: have
0: either. Uh, I shouldn't
1: have either. Well, I didn't make <laughs> but, light,
2: but I just laughed at it. So there's a difference. Scott made light of it technically.
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry guys. To, to give, um, to give her, uh, maybe a, a, a good resource, um, to look at is, uh, Brett Contreras, yes. um, the glute guy. Uh, he's got tons of great exercises on his YouTube. He's got great information on his website. We've actually, um, uh, Rachel, my fiance, she actually hired him to do some of her programming for her lower body. And I'll be damned like her glutes have grown in the last eight months uh, or seven months since she last got off stage, uh, just in this off season with his programming. Um, and a lot of it has to do, he's big on activation. So, you know, a lot of these little, um, you guys probably know about the clamshell exercise, you know, when you're laying on your side and, and, um, your knees are bent and you're bringing one knee up. I saw that on Jane. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's a Jane Fonda exercise, exactly. Little things like that, um, uh, quadruped hip extensions, that's when you're on all fours and you're basically kicking up the same way like a donkey would in a sense. Um, a great machine to do that on is the, uh, um, if you have a reverse hyper, I don't know if you guys uh, ha- have access to one, mm-hmm. but um, just backing right up into that reverse hyper to the leg and using one leg to kick backwards. Oh, uh man if you don't, if you don't have reverse hyper, you can get some of those, uh, bands, those thicker bands you can put around your knees and uh, do the same exercise. Um, but you know, generally like I, I, I would find it hard to have that someone would have weak glutes. Um, I, I would say it's probably cause they're not activating them. I mean, the glutes is the, is, is the strongest muscle in the body for the most part, for almost everybody, especially for females. You know, um, I, I would say females probably have stronger glutes per, I don't know what to call it per capita per, um, you know, per per body mass than, than men do even in some cases, because of the amount of work that they do with their glutes and with the lower body in comparison to upper body. So, you know, I would actually, I would use that, you know, Brett Contreras as a resource. um, And if she wants, you can email me, I could send her some other stuff that we use with like our bikini athletes and whatnot um, for activation as well. But how many,
0: Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask how many days uh, on Brett's plan is she training lower body?
1: Right now, I believe it is three days, okay. three three lower, two upper.
0: Yeah, because I know he goes pretty high on on the lower body training, like or, or frequency, I should say. You know,
1: yep, yep, absolutely. Um, and she's done really well with that with that um, frequency and training split. I know some girls that you know, I'll even do this myself. Is like I'll have some girls do a glute exercise like four or even five days out of the week. Maybe not full leg workouts, but we'll add in glute exercises. um, you know, maybe two other days during the week, whether it's a hip thrust or some other exercise that they feel a good connection to um, and, and to go along with their regular leg training on top of that.
2: Right. Let me ask you guys a question because I'm curious where you, because I know how I, where I stand on this topic. When it comes to activating glutes, isn't it possible that the, the exercises that are being done or, or recommended, whether it be Brett or anybody else, because they're so light and there isn't a lot of resistance, isn't that basically more the reason that they activate? The reason I ask this is this, when someone goes like, like a woman goes in and her strength might not be, you know, super freaking strong and she goes into squat or something, it would be difficult. I think with heavier weights or more resistance to get someone to feel without a lot of experience, of knowing what the glutes should feel like hmm. during and how they work when they're activated. Because, you know, I, I know as a guy for a long time, no one ever squatted when I started squatting. You didn't think about glute activation. No. You were focused yeah. on what your quads felt like, you know, your, yeah. your hamstrings do very little work. They're just basically stabilizers in a sense. There's there, there's no real direct work there. And, you know, glutes too, you're not really focused on, you know, hip extension and things like that in a movement like that. But when you go to a lighter um exercise you you have no choice It the you feel them work and they're activated so it almost teaches you yes how to feel them dude so that you know that you're using them during the heavier exercises is that a better way to i mean that's how i and, look and that's kind of how i look at it
1: and not use it not allowing other muscle groups to take over I right, exactly, or leaving,
2: uh, essentially leaving them out or not yeah. feeling what they were. You know, you could squat, you could play with your squat to the point where it's certainly you could make it glute dominant and focus on the hip extent, extension the top. I mean, you can even do it with a pit shark. It's actually easier, I think, to do it with a pit easier shark. On because a pit it's, shark. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I think that would be a good way to show somebody, too, by using heavier resistance, Then I'm not saying the the way they're doing it with the lighter resistance is bad. All I'm saying is that would be another way to do it with heavier resistance that you could show how to activate and keep those those muscles activated. And going back to the example that I was using a bent over rows, I mean, I've been training for a long time, but it's not something that I'm thinking about while I'm doing I'm thinking about my back. I'm thinking about yeah. not pulling as much with my buys. I'm thinking that, you know, my left and right hip are even that I'm my heels are driving through, but I'm not focused on keeping my glutes tight to lock my, I call it a base or your foundation so that your hips don't shift or move and taking some of that weight off of your lower back. I got something on this
0: that I really want to share. So uh, I remember back when I first realized I, my legs weren't growing, right? I, I trained them hard. I uh, I came back the next seat the next off season I continued you know squatting heavier and heavier I still didn't get the development I wanted and then I started training with my friend VJ and VJ helped me to learn how to squat from the quads and from there like things took off like my quads looked different in a few months and they just grew and grew and it worked great and then one day uh, Shelby Starnes told me he was like hey man you should work on your hamstrings because your quads are overdeveloped by comparison. So I went, huh, okay. So I went back to the drawing board and I started training hams. And fast forward two years, my hams got really good. In fact, I'd say that my legs are probably one of my best body parts now. And uh, I, I got to a point where quads were good, hams were good, but glutes were still not good. It's like I brought them up one at a time. Now all through this whole process, I kept getting lower back issues. I would, my back would go out on me and I'd be done for like two weeks. And basically what I came to the conclusion of, it's not like it was a spinal issue. It's that I would literally sprain my lumbars. So I got the idea in my head. I was like, okay, so I, I with, uh, you know, I, I some girls that are in bikini and I thought, you know what? And some of them are local. And I thought to myself, these girls are doing an awesome job with glute training. Why don't I just for kicks go in and do a glute workout? With one of these girls, so shout out to IPB Pro Amy Landry. She took me under her wing basically for glute training because, like you were saying, Skip, we never thought about training glutes way back in the day. You know, just like you just squat, you got your squat and you're, you. Know, for most guys at work, most guys your glutes your glutes grow. In my case, they never did, and so I started training glutes with her and you know learned a bunch of stuff. My glutes it was like newbie gains basically because it's like they weren't getting activated before. I look back and I realize what it is, is that my glutes were weak. So she asked, what's the difference between weak glutes and glutes that aren't activating? In my case, they were the same thing because my Mm -hmm. quads were strong. I had a great mind muscle connection to them. My hamstrings were strong. I spent so much time learning how to just squeeze the hell out of them so hard, but the glutes weren't doing that. They were not, my legs were not working as an entire chain because of that. They'd give out on me. I'd be doing a barbell row. They'd give out. I'd be doing a squat. They'd give out. And what would take over, it would be my lower back. And I've met so many people that have had that same issue since. By strengthening my glutes, it fixed that. And now if I run into an issue where my lower back does have a problem, I know I need to work on my glutes that I'm slacking on that stuff. Um, I'll I'll do activation stuff like a, a, like a one legged glute bridge on back day just to start my training out Mm -hmm. because that gets them, gets the blood in there. And like you were saying, Skip, it's a way that I can create that, my muscle connection, you know, I can totally relate to everything both of you guys are saying, and it's changed my training. So it's helped me so much. And it's basically solved this low back issue that I had for like forever, basically
2: show me someone male or female with strong glutes or well-developed glutes i think that the number of lower back issues for those people would probably be significantly or statistically less i'd almost bet that i agree doesn't mean they can't still have issues
0: all i'm saying is it would probably be significantly less agreed all right see what else we got here we got a few of them that i think we can just rapid fire through here um here's a couple uh, wait hold on a second I want to see if I can grab okay how about this one estrogen management how effective is DIM and CDG calcium deglucrate
1: Yeah. Uh I mean how effective it's all right. So like dim for instance is gonna like influence, you know, the estrogen metabolism metabolism to like the two OH pathway versus like the more harmful four OH and um uh was it twelve or sixteen OH pathway, my brain's fogging. Which are like the more harmful um cancer causing pathways. Yes. So it's gonna help recycle your estrogen to the more favorable pathway. And the calcium deglucurate, what it does is it inactivates an enzyme. Um, which usually stops the detoxification detoxification of toxins and estrogen So it basically allows your body to detox and cause and, and increase this pathway to the two oh, a little bit more efficiently How effective is it? Uh, it's hard to say because I you know, I put in plans for women uh, in particular all the time um, Is it like gonna be have the same effect of like, you know, a novel dex tamoxifen? No oh, um you know, like, is it even on the same ballpark? No. But, you know, I look at it, at, at um, some of these things as like little five percenters. Like if we're doing this five percent thing and this five percent thing and that five percent thing, then they kind of all add up to something significant versus just doing nothing. So that's kind of how I look at, you know, um, you know, estrogen management when it comes to DIM and, and, and calcium declucrate and IC3 and some of the other ones.
0: I think they can be useful for females, like maybe a natural girl that, uh, you know, I, I've seen people that have issues processing and, you know, people with liver issues that have issues, problems like processing and breaking these things down. Um, I've also seen males. I, I, I knew one guy who was, he had a lot of just, he was one of those people that you could just see it in his physique. It's not somebody I worked with or anything, but you could see it in his physique that, like, man, this guy has a tough time with hormones, just period. And uh, his TRT doctor had him on, I believe, two thousand milligrams, which is you know a higher dose of calcium gluconate. And uh, oh, I thought you were saying
1: two thousand milligrams a test. I was oh like, oh god, no, well, that's yeah. a hell of a TRT doc. Yeah, yeah just, what's his doctor's number? Every yeah, every we're gonna get people messaging for that number. Yeah, every three <laughs> days. Yeah, <laughs>
0: no, of CDG, and it for what's him up? it was like a game changer. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think like for the right situ, it's not a, like, I think what I agree with what you're saying, Andrew, that like Novadex across the board is Mm -hmm. gonna do what we want it to do as far as controlling estrogen, uh, versus, uh, or, or, you know, Arimidex, but, you know, drugs, pharmaceutical drugs, I should say, Mm -hmm. versus for a special situation, this might do good, but it's probably not going to be an across the board thing.
1: Well, you touched also on the liver health. Um, I, I think to to get better estrogen recycling, you got to make sure your liver is running efficiently. Uh, that's where all this stuff goes down. So, you know, in some cases you might need to do a a full detox phase one, phase two, liver detoxification, um, need to look at your methylation. There's a great test called the Dutch test. I don't know if you guys use it at all. Um, but it'll actually show you the different pathways that estrogen will go through and it can show you some deficiencies that you might have in the chain and where you might need to shore up where, whether it's supplementation or, um, maybe a full on liver, liver detox would help, uh, uh, the whole recycling of estrogen process yeah that's
0: a point i think that isn't touched on enough you know we're worried about liver health but we don't know why in the bodybuilding community yeah. i think a lot of times um yeah what else do we got here you guys ever use uh stembalone? i've seen it i've never used it oh shit that's an oldie
1: yeah that was a dander that was a Dan, that was a Dan drug wasn't it
2: that, that, I don't know. That's an old one, though. <laughs> I saw <laughs> that, it at one source. It,
1: in one That's of his books or day. an article, yeah, in one of the articles I read, he, he was talking about how he thought it was like the greatest drug. If you could pick one drug, it would be Stenbolone. Um yeah. But uh, I believe it's a DHT derivative. I think it's kind of similar to like somewhere between Primo and Masteron, in a sense, in terms of effects. Um, I've never used it personally. This is just off of, you know, reading about it years ago. But I'm probably like you guys, or I should say you guys are probably like me in the sense where, like, stick to, like, the tried and true, I think. Um, Like, if we already have a catalog of compounds that are tried and true that – you know we all know about for the most part and i think yes. we all as bodybuilders we're always looking for that next holy grail compound that mm-hmm. you know oh they added a ch group to the 14th carbon and now it does <laughs> this and it you know it's going to it's going to sprout you know a, a fourth deltoid on on your shoulders now you know um so i think you know i i wouldn't try it if someone gave me a, i mean if someone gave me a bottle maybe i would but i'm not seeking it out personally
2: I'm pretty sure I've used it. I just have used so much shit that I don't remember using it. How about (laughs) that? (laughs) I'm just being, I'm being fully transparent. Uh, I can't remember any, it's kind of, I mean, it's been a while, so it's not new. Like you said, it's just something that has kind of come back around. And it's funny how things work because I always laugh at the younger generation because on the one hand, I appreciate that when people think out of the box or they go back and they look at other things, but when they sound, when they make it sound like, Oh, well, nobody thought about this. I, you know, I'm bringing this out because it's it's like, you know, we, it's like 20 years ago, dude, like we've done all this shit and found it pretty much irrelevant and it's insignificant. It doesn't matter. But if you want to talk about it and how great it is, okay, cool. Now that's not a shot at, the guy for asking the question at all. I'm talking about on the internet when someone comes out and they say, Oh yeah, this it's like a, a collusion training is one of the things that I kind of laugh at too. Cause that shit was around. I don't know how many years ago. I don't know that it works or it doesn't work because I refuse to get that complicated with it. I have said this before and I have clients who say that they work and they'll show me the progression. I'm like, then you keep doing what you're doing. I'm not going to argue with no. you and tell you, Oh, that's silly. Don't do that. If you're progressing with it and you enjoy doing it, i don't want to spend that much time doing something <laughs> i just don't i don't want to carry chains into the fucking gym and deal with how they're going to fall unequally. you can teach floor. an old dog
1: new trick is what you're saying yeah they,
2: that is a very good a very good and i think in my defense i would say this because i've done everything and i've done i don't want to say everything i've done so many things for so long that if i saw that there was a benefit to it that was quantitative or something that I could say, yes, that's worth, it. I would be doing it. And I think a lot of people who've been around for a long time would be doing it. Even at least Shelby was honest enough to admit that the, you know, the, the bands and stuff are more novel than anything else. And he can only find a handful of really good uses for them. And hopefully that phase is starting to, we're starting to move out of that phase because a couple years ago, you couldn't find somebody not doing an exercise with fucking bands everywhere and different colors and different resistance and everything. It's like, who could come up with the, the most, whoa, I didn't think about that. So mm, I don't know. Sometimes I think these, I wish these things would fall by the wayside, but you know what? Maybe it keeps everything fresh. So I'm not slamming the guy for asking about STEM alone. It's just that that's that, that was a old reference. I hadn't heard that term or that compound in years. Me
0: too. Yeah. All right. We got one more topic guys.
1: Andrew Barry. Dude, you looked good, man.
2: <laughs>
0: no
1: shit. So I actually um I was a little flat. Um okay. I think I could have pushed it a little bit harder. I'll sh- I'll send you guys some pictures after the show, but um and of course this and, and, and you know like Gary touched on this too about like everyone always says they look better after the show, but and, and I actually took Skip's advice from I think we talked about this last time about when you're eating the next day, like keep track of what you're looking mm. like and, mm. and, and get to that point. Find that point, you know, monitor your fluids and, and all the other, you know, variables that you think you can control and see the point where you cross over to where you're kind of spilling and the, the package kind of starts to go backwards. And um, I found that uh, when I was about six pounds heavier than this, I, I had a really nice fullness to my upper body. My upper body was kind of lacking some fullness, um, lower body was just a little bit flat as well. Um, so yeah, um i I was up about six pounds, uh I think Monday morning, and I still looked super, super tight and I and I sent John my pictures and and he agreed with me um, that we kind of left a little bit of fullness on the table there um and and you know, as Gary touched on, you know, like one of the reasons being like you know, people aren't you know once you get done the show, the anxiety and the nerves are gone. I yeah. can say with a hundred percent that I did not feel any nerves for this show. Like <laughs> there's been shows in the past where I was like, uh but no, I felt completely relaxed. I felt, I felt, you know, I felt like I was peaking pretty well and I felt that I was drying out pretty well and I felt very prepared and just calm, you know, like the way you want to feel before a show, just, you know, like your cans at the right time, you're, you're getting your meals in on time. You're not running around. You're just kind of posing and, and resting in between meals. Like it was a very relaxed environment, very relaxed um, experience. And um, so, so I do think that the food, the food and not like losing the anxiety of, of the show's over now um, I think the food, I, I just need to eat a little bit more. Um, and, and I think I've told you guys this before, like for me to get in shape, I have to like really suck down and really work hard and a lot of zero carb days and very little fats and, you know, almost two hours of cardio and all that. But then we got to get to a point where I need enough time to come out of that hole, um, right. to, to fill, to volumize and fill back out properly. And I was probably two or three days away from that point at this mm. show, um, from being there, um, and, you know, we're actually we're at a point right now where I'm feeding up and I'm doing very well. Um, you know, my food's pretty high right now and I'm able to uh, I'm volumizing pretty well right now. And and I think I'm going to show up next time a good five, six, maybe even seven pounds heavier um, with the same condition, if not better.
0: Nice, man. How'd nice. you do?
1: Uh, I got third place, so I don't know the gentleman's name on the right. He ended up getting second uh Nate Tilo, he's another New England guy, uh great bodybuilder. He's won a lot of overalls up here uh in the uh, new England area the cutler and and uh, those types of shows. uh he's coached by um by jose jose Raymond cool. and um yeah, he's a great dude, you know um, I knew he was doing the show. I knew he'd be the main competition i I even asked Jose like when I saw him uh at the at weigh i'm like hey you think you can get nate to drop down a few pounds uh get, get him out of my class <laughs> but no I, I was i was really happy to compete with him he he they nailed it man like he was full he, he was as full as i'd ever see him like definitely bigger than the last uh, time i see him i think he weighed like two twelve or two fourteen. um but he was like dry from like friday saturday like all throughout the day he was just peaked really nicely um so it was great to stand next to him and to compete with him. He's a great guy, and I wish him luck in the uh, professional ranks now.
0: That's cool, man. So Let me just
2: take a real quick um, observation. The guy on the right, I don't think I've seen traps like that on anyone ever in my 37 years of this sport. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's pretty ridiculous, man. Actually,
1: John Anderson. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He, he's got traps that looks like he put like a lot of oil in them. Like um, I don't know if you've seen them. Like he yeah. did the Tampa Pro He's been, on the, years ago. He's been on the show He's been on show Okay yeah. so Those traps are met. He looks like he's wearing Football pads under a t-shirt Damn. Yeah he does but Yeah that's crazy Yeah so Yeah So I that heard was, you that uh, was, uh,
0: You saw some Some of our listeners While you were there
1: Oh, yeah, I absolutely want to uh, say thank you uh, to all the listeners and people that follow the show that came up and introduced themselves and that we had, you know, we had nice chats and stuff. Some of them before the show, someone even like who wasn't even involved in the show in in Charleston came up to me when I was in a cookie shop and was like, hey, I watch you on the uh, Blood, Sweat and Gear podcast. Is that right? And I'm like, really? Did you go to the show this weekend? He goes, what show? I go okay, So you're just like a random you're a random guy off the street? Like no way. This is awesome. So yeah, uh it was awesome, you know, meeting you guys and talking to you guys backstage and um, you know, hopefully you guys stay involved and comment and uh give us some likes.
0: Oh, that's cool. cool. That's awesome, man. How's your uh how's your training going, Skip? It's good.
2: I'm up nine pounds this week. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah, and and oh, I haven't real? changed
0: anything with my diet.
2: It's so weird. I, it's hard to explain where that nine pounds came from. <gasps> there we go. No, I feel pretty good. Um, <laughs> nine pounds. though, that's pretty substantial. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, did you, did you do you uh, see it? Do you see it in the gym? Like, are you like full?
2: I'm starting. I'll tell you what it is. I noticed it uh, only, in and people are going to be like, "Yeah, right." But remember, I've been doing this shit a long time, and I was on. I probably had. I'm serious when I say single digit testosterone for the last two and a half months. So I'm warming up. I'm back the first couple of days in, I'm like, damn, my lats are just contracting. Like they haven't contracted while. And I'm like, Oh
0: yeah, I think I know why
2: (laughs) I just feel Uh so much better. Obviously there's the mental component where I'm not out of this mess, but I am, I now see the, the light is getting brighter at the end of the tunnel. Uh, The knee is feeling a lot better. Uh, I'll train legs twice this next week. And the more I train them, the better it feels, which is promising. Um, but, you know, every now and then it just kind of kicks you inside the side of the head because I'll think about the time frame. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm coming up on five months. Like, this is just horrible. But that's, a, that's the negative way to look at it because I certainly would want to be where I am now versus where I was two, three, four months ago. Yeah, that was – horrible so the worst is behind me and i just i'm continuing to be smart and i just feel a lot better so let's go cool, you know, man i'm i'm just enjoying it i'm taking it a day or a week at a time and i'm not trying to look too far down the pike people are starting to ask me if i'm going to do this or that i'm not doing anything except want. i just want to train legs and i want to train them hard and i want them i want to get a really big pump in my quads and my glutes and and that sort of shit. that's all i'm focused on
0: Hell yeah, man. Yep. I started running an experiment. So I had used a medication from my doctor. For my, so it, I don't talk about this a lot on the show, but since I had got COVID in February, I've had a lot of lung issues. And it's kept me from being able to train hard. And I started taking Singular, and all of a sudden I could breathe. And
2: I was like, holy oh.
0: shit. And I got a pump for like the first time since February. I got a pump. So I was I was riding high, feeling good about that. Until it turns out that twenty percent or so—wait, okay, that's that's a made-up statistic, kind of made up. I have uh, a, a, oh, once again, Amy Landry, IBB Pro. She's also a pharmacist. She said, of the people that she's known to use it, about twenty percent of them have had, as it says in the literature, uh, psychiatric conditions. So, I got really oh. depressed. Like, I started feeling like a little edgy the first few days, and then I just. I had that great workout and then I didn't train again for like two weeks. And I was going oh, down. Wow. You guys didn't know that people on the shows, I still was putting shows out. I took like four days off, but you guys didn't know that cause I still put shows out on the, on the channel. But yeah. I got really depressed and it was like dark and I re I finally put it together. It was the medication. So I stopped that back to square one. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm feeling, st- I think I'm feeling stronger cause I'm ready to do things my way instead of just asking for help. So I started I started some clen. I thought to myself, hey. "I was just
2: gonna tell you, just use
0: clen." Why are you dude? Saying? I did 20, 20 <laughs> yeah. micrograms. I'm like about a week in now, and I feel good. Like I'm nice. getting good nice. workouts, and they're not like they're. It's I'm not training. I'm just like exercising, you know. But it's yeah. it feels good, and I can tell. Like I'm holding more. You know what I mean? I'm like holding more in the muscle. There's that inflammation. And uh, I think I'm going to I haven't stepped on the scale, but I was like 210 and kind of chubby now. So I'm trying to recomp 30 minutes of cardio every day, eating cleaner and getting some hopefully some momentum. I can't I can't run clean forever. Right. But hopefully I can build momentum. And I bought one of those breathing machines. I can't remember what it's called, but you it you blow into it. Uh, it's a starts with an S. But anyway, it's 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 a device to exercise your lungs. So I'm gonna start using oh. that too, which was suggested to me. So uh, huh. I'm on I'm on the comeback, guys.
2: Good deal. Nice. Good deal. Now, Andrew, when when are you stepping on stage again?
1: Less than two weeks.
0: I didn't want to ask. Yeah,
1: Masters a Mats. Yeah? yeah. Oh, I look, wasn't. If go, I, I
2: was on the spot. I, I didn't mean to. I I thought I might have <laughs> fucked that up. Sorry. I,
1: I don't care. I I like to do the sneak up on people thing. Too late. Not that like, not that I'm like, this like, you know, this dream crusher, but it's like, like, I think I told you guys (laughs) before, like to me, bodybuilding for myself is kind of personal in a sense. Like, you know, I just remember what it was like when I first started and I like to, keep that mindset of like you go to the gym, you have your walkman headphones in with a cassette player and you just shut the world off and you're not taking a lot of pictures and you're not making video. Like you're there to train with your training partner and get out and eat your chicken and rice. And, so, I, I just kind of like that mindset. And I don't like, to, I don't feel like I need to update people every other day on, you know, my preps or anything. Not to say that there's anything wrong with people that do. If that helps you get to the finish line with a better product, then that's awesome too. Right. And it helps promote your brands and all that kind of stuff. I like to just kind of showcase my clients and, and just wait and try to hope that my physique does the talking or whatever on the day of the show. So, they're mm-hmm. oh, yeah.
0: great. Well, I think it definitely did for this last show, man. You looked absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, no shit.
2: Well, and if you have it, if you know and you see, okay, this is what I want to do different. With it being a couple weeks away, now I am intrigued. Yeah. So I'm like, I want to see. Yeah. Now they got yeah. it. Now let's see. Push. How much are you gonna push before he gets a little nervous? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we, yeah, we, we've had a plan in place and it's been working very well the last few days, you know, um, or last you know week or so since I've been home. So I think I think I'm gonna have a better look the day of the show. Um, I nice. think we. we you know, every time you just kind of hone in your, your peaking strategy mm-hmm. um, because we use a lot of the same techniques we've used with me since 2014. It's just a little bit more of this, a little less of this. And, right. and we're not talking diuretics or anything like that. We're just talking food. We're talking training, like, you know, the same variables that we always talk about on this show. You know, mm-hmm. um, one thing I did do differently, if you guys are interested, is I stopped training legs 13 days out. Okay. um i know some people i've heard of some people doing this i i my show was on a saturday i trained my legs the previous uh the week and a half before wednesday um, with a hard leg day and then on the saturday before the show i literally just did three sets of 15 leg extension three sets of 15 leg curl and like three sets of walking lunges just to get a little blood in there but nothing that would cause any soreness or inflammation at all and i really like the strategy and i think i'm going to use it again this time so nice
0: <laughs> cool all right trial and we- error Let's get out of here guys. Down there. It's been always. a good show. Uh, reach out to Bodyberry. Did I get that right?
1: You got it right. Bodyberry.com. And can I plug yeah. Can I plug Granite Supplements? Uh, use my code Berry10. We've got tons of great stuff whether it's interworkout, amino acids, protein powders, delicious, etc. Um and it's owned by John Meadows, one of the most uh, credible guys in the industry.
0: Yeah, you're going to get real products from them for sure. Go to TeamSkip.com, check out everything Skip over there, reach out to him, drop him a a message about this show, give him shit about something. It'll keep him up at night. He'll tell us about (laughs) it, we'll talk about it. I'll be up Um, anyway. (laughs) That's cool, that's right. Um, And of course, check out our sponsor, they support everything we do here at our program, and they have for years now, uh, truenutrition.com. I believe in everything that they sell, and I have long before they had sponsored our program. Uh, high quality products, of course. Uh, use our code THINK for some additional savings. And uh, you know, once again, I mentioned at the beginning, uh, I really appreciate everybody who's uh, starting to support us on Patreon. Uh, you know, we—I—I I, I think I tallied it up that uh, when you know, I don't want to misquote myself, but I tallied it up on what it costs to run the podcast. I'll—I'll I'll get that number together. But you guys are definitely helping. With that, so that is very much appreciated, uh, and I appreciate you guys for sharing your your education and your insights so freely. It's fun to do this thing.
2: Very Absolutely. cool. Well, you know, we're we're paid very very well. We're yeah. compensated, it's, it's, and it's I think I, I don't know about Andrew's contract, but mine's coming up in October. So, mm-hmm. you know, watching my <laughs> pizza and Q's right now.
0: All right, for another episode of Blood Sweat and Gear with Skip Hill, Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McDaily, Guys, we'll see you soon.